You're listening to Mind Your Own Business Podcast, Episode 9. On this episode, learn the value of good customer service with our special guest, Lisa Hudson. You're listening to Mind Your Own Business Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mind Your Own Business, a guide to driving success and balancing life, a chance to get real-life learnings from actual business owners, executives, and business leaders who have been there and done all that. So I'm joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Josh, and hello, everyone. They're all saying hi back. You just you just can't hear them. So. I know. <laughs> they love to hear me every... I love to hear you. I love being in the studio with you. We have such a good time. Yes, we do. And... Speaking of which, I need a little bit of update because we really haven't talked about it in a while. How's the, how's the remodel going? It's It's been a few weeks. So what's what's the latest? Um, I'm going to surprise you and give you a good thing. How's oh, that? Hey. <laughs> All right, everybody out there, this is a once in a lifetime occurrence. So please give me the good news. All right. So we had um, picked out a print for our exercise room for the carpet in there. And when you pick a print carpeting, they mm. have to order additional to make sure they can line up the print properly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So we had a chunk left over, and the installer, you know, asked my husband, he said, do you want me to, to wrap this up for you and you can store? And he goes, yeah, because I'm going to do the closet that is attached to the exercise room. He said, so that would be great. And he goes, well, I can lay it in there for you. And John's like, yeah, well, I didn't really pay it. He goes, no, I got some extra padding. I'll even put the padding in there. He goes, you paid for the carpeting. So he not only did the exercise room, he installed what my husband was going to do. Um, And we still had a little bit of extra carpet after that, too. So he wrapped that up so we could keep that in case anything would happen. A very different story from several episodes ago when you had the uh, the wall being built and they destroyed the carpet. Right. So this guy cared about my carpet. Karma, (laughs) karma. Good things happen, you know. (laughs) Exactly. um, So that was like for us, we were like, wow, what a different experience and you know, we'll definitely, we have additional carpet, um, so we're definitely going to go to the same store and, uh, you know, give recommendations to our friends that are doing remodels and different things. You know, you, you, you bring up a really good question that's actually kind of plagued me for years. If, if customer service is so basic and it really based on common sense, I mean, what that, what that contractor did, you know, kind of went above and beyond, but it was almost common sense. You know, I'm here, I have the extra carpet, I've already got the padding, you paid for it. It'll take me a few minutes. Let me go ahead and do this for you. So if it's that basic and common sense, why doesn't every business kind of give that great service? I mean, is, is it really that much more complicated? Um, you know what? You touched on a, that keyword, complicated. Hmm. Um, I don't believe it's that complicated. I just think that it requires people to stay focused on it, and it needs to be a priority. So is it complicated? No, it just needs to be in the forefront. But what I'd really like to do is, you know, call on our next guest because she's an expert in that area. So I'm setting it up for you, Josh, to do your introduction. All right. Well, you know, I'd like to welcome Lisa Hudson to Mind Your Own Business. And honestly, who better to talk about customer service than a retail big box veteran for over 25 years? Um, Before becoming uh, a small business owner recently, Lisa actually spent 25 years with, of all places, Macy's. 
uh, in roles ranging from assistant manager to actual vice president. So, Lisa, thank you so much for taking some time to be on the show with us today. Thank you. Hi, Josh and Mary Ellen. Hello. So, Lisa, why don't you start by giving us a little bit more detail on your career? You know, the transition uh, either from retail into coaching or kind of like how you got started, you know, in that whole uh, role with Macy's. Absolutely. So um, I started with Macy's right out of college um, as a sales manager. So I was really hands-on with selling associates and customers and then grew my career to be a store manager for 19 years and really led stores that had employees from 40 employees up to 400. So I really had to learn how to develop skills, um, not only in how to lead myself differently with a bigger headcount, but also how to inspire um, leaders and how to coach them on how to help coach their teams. And so it was just a progression in my career, which kind of led to more and more coaching. Um, When you have a, a store of 400, you can't do everything yourself. You have to really rely on others. And so that coaching became really natural for me. And um, that's when I decided to make a transition um, to really help business owners um, from all different sizes um, kind of look at their business and, and decide how they can impact it and what that would look like with their employees and um, how it looked differently for them as they started to coach their own employees as well. So Lisa, how do you define customer service? Well, I think um, customer service is really defined by the customer's expectations. Um, So our goal, or my goal, has always been not only to meet those customer expectations, but to exceed them. Um, So customer service, to me, um, really means engagement. Um, I actually like people to notice me when I walk into their establishment. Or um, when we're on the phone talking, I want to feel like they're engaged in our conversation. Um, And I also think that you really can define it, um, but what your customer wants by asking for feedback and listening to feedback. What is our customer telling us? How are we doing? Um, People are usually very vocal, and they're really vocal if they're unhappy. Um, They're also vocal when they're happy, and they also um, will tell you whether they're buying your product or not. That's also another way for them to tell you how good your customer service is. Yeah, yeah. because when you were talking about your background and how you grew with the Macy brand, did customer service play a critical component as to the quality of the stores you oversaw? Absolutely. Um, I will tell you that I was very lucky to work for an organization that made customer service and customer feedback a daily focus. Um, It was very difficult to work for Macy's and not understand that that was the main mission. It was the center of every decision that we made, and um, we did our best to ensure that everyone in our building um, understood that our customer experience needed to be exactly what the customer wanted. And, And sometimes that's tricky because each customer has a different experience that they would like to have. Everyone has a different threshold of what they consider a great customer service. Um, so we really only can, by engaging with a customer and listening to what they're saying to you, understand if you're going to rise above that expectation. Well, Lisa, if you can give me some examples of, you know, what does great customer service look like? Well, I think great customer service um, really looks like two things. The customer is happy and smiling and they're purchasing something. And 
and really um, shows you that you have taken the time to really find out what the customer wants, um, help them find the right product, that you put their needs before your needs to sell something. Um, and that's really that genuine connection. That is that the honesty that you're giving them in the presentation, asking them for feedback during the transaction um, to make sure that you're finding exactly what they're going to want. Because um, the way that you know you've not had great experience is if you have a return. Because you really haven't found exactly the product that they're looking for and ensured that it was the right product and then reassure them um, during the transaction that, that they're going to enjoy it and here's why you're going to enjoy it and FYI I'm going to follow up with it as well. So I think um, great service can really be, um, depending on the, the store that you're in, because there's all varying types, um, you know, you go to certain stores for a higher level of service, you go to other stores for a value which may have less service, but if you're your value is getting in and out quickly, and that's you're going to be. It's going to exceed your expectations if that happens. And I really think you just touched on this, but because it depends on what your expectation is with that particular store or service. But can a brand, a business, survive with poor customer service? I don't think with poor customer service, um, no. I, I, I don't think you can. I think you can survive with service that may not be the highest because it's not the company's or the customer's expectations. Um, but I do feel that um, if your customers continue to be vocal to you and others, um, that loyalty will start to decrease and you will not have the footsteps. Um, you will not have people wanting to come in to see you. Uh, you will not be able to um, build your business. Because uh, if you think about if you have your five top customers that drive your business, if you lost them, you know, what would that look like for your year? So you really need to make sure that you're maintaining the customer expectations, that you are providing exactly what they need. It's very competitive out there. And if you don't, um, there are others that are focusing on it daily with their teams. And um, people will go where they feel they're important and special. I think it's even more important now with the Internet. It's very easy now to go on the Internet, research what you want, and, and go ahead and get it. Um, so my thought process always has been is if you're going to get in your car and you're going to drive somewhere, you want human interaction. So that human interaction is key to any bricks-and-mortar business that there is because the customer has said that's really important to me. And if you don't give that to them, you're going to lose those customers for life. Well, you know, Lisa, there are a couple of, of stores that, that, that come to mind. One of them is a, you know, I think all, all three of them are very large kind of big box uh, stores. One of them is a major retailer. I'm not going to name any names um, that has very, very low prices and they're not known for their customer service, but it's always packed because everything's so cheap. Another, which is a hardware store that, you know, a big box store that, you know, has, has decent prices, but I swear you can never find anybody in there. You have to walk around for 30 minutes just to find someone to help you to find a screwdriver. Uh, and, or even, for instance, you know, uh, a major uh, fast food chain that has very inexpensive prices, um, but I feel like a lot of these places are all about volume. Get people in, get them out. You know, they don't have to worry. They don't want to worry about customer service. They just they, they just want to push product and push product. And they're not really worrying about um, really giving good customer service. But yet customers still, still keep coming back. Why do you think that is? 
Well, I think in that case, those customers really value customer service as the value that the price that they're getting and the ability to get in and get out. They don't want that human interaction. They want to be able to go in, find it at the, the best price, and get out. And, and for some people, that's really the environment that they enjoy shopping in. Um, I will tell you, though, I think that sometimes their competitors are their own businesses as well. So, um, for example, if there's a place that you love that has French fries, and um, you know when you have a great French fry that's got a great crunch and it's really, really warm and toasty, and the next time you go back to that area or that store and you get cold fries, that's so disappointing to you. And so the next time you may try another store owned by that same company because you still really want those fries, and you know they're, it's not the customer service, it's the taste, it's the value. But if you don't get it at one of them, you'll go to the other one. So I, I think that the customers um, sometimes will still like the company or the store, but they may choose to go one, to one of the competitive stores in the same area and choose that to be their number one location because it's more consistent. So I think you're really touching on something important. So how do you believe each individual business owner decides the role of customer service and how it will play in their business? Well, I think the business owner is the one that owns it and really leads the way with their team. Um, as much focus and attention and feedback that the owner has about customer service and their expectations and how we handle a customer that is upset, um, is it a priority? Is it something that we do training on from the beginning of starting your career with them and throughout? Um, and that can really make a big difference on the entire team understanding the focus of what our customer service standards are. And that really, you know, I always think that you can kind of tell any store that you go into whether the leader really believes in customer service. Um, and when you have a good feeling, you're greeted when you walk in, people are asking if they can help you, they're smiling, there's great engagement on their level, you can walk away and say there's someone in that building that has really put a priority on making sure that every customer is taken care of. And, you know, it can start with how they answer the phone. It can start with the greet when you walk in and really how you handle a customer concern. Um, there are many, many ways that you can, but are, is it a priority? And um, I was working with a business owner that was concerned about some escalated um, concerns that they'd had with customers. And he said, I, you know, I can't take every call myself and nor would we expect a business owner to do that. So we kind of talked about some techniques that, you know, he really could go to that individual that's answering the phone and saying, whose day did you make today? And let them articulate how they handle the customer challenge and give them positive reinforcement for what they're doing to teach them to learn from that experience and to know that, you know, as a business owner, I'm going to recognize and value you for really, really going the extra mile to make sure our customers are happy. Well, I tell you what, we're going to take a, a quick break and we will be right back with Lisa Hudson. Mind Your Own Business is sponsored by The Growth Coach. The Growth Coach is a franchise organization that's comprised of business coaches from all over the globe that focuses on business and sales coaching for small to medium-sized businesses. These coaches help guide the success of business owners, managers, and sales teams primarily in a group coaching format. Thanks to The Growth Coach. All right, and we're back with Lisa Hudson and we're talking about Good customer service. So, you know, Lisa, you were just talking about, you know, what 
and how a business owner decides what role customer service kind of plays in their business. So, you know, if I'm a business owner, how do I know if I'm hiring a customer-oriented service person? And, and is that something that's natural or is it trained? You know, I'm going to say that I think it's both. Um, I think there are clues that you can look for when hiring an individual. And, uh, you know, that would be someone that is friendly, um, that really enjoys people. Um, that their focus will be on taking care of the customer versus following a rule um, so that they have great listening skills so that they can really understand what it is that the customer wants so that they can not only give them what they want but also handle that concern professionally. Um, people who are empathetic and, and basically people that are fun because people like to, to shop with people that can make them smile and have fun. Um, I will tell you, just to share a story with you, when I started in retail, um, right out of college, I would say about 30 days into my brand new job, um, I was the manager on duty and went to greet a customer that I was upset. And he just let me have it. He was not happy with a lot of things. He was very aggressive. Um, what I was trying to communicate wasn't working. And it was really something that was haunting to me. And it was one of those experiences where you just really had a hard time kind of letting go because, you know, my role was to make sure everyone was very happy. And in this case, I, I wasn't able to really feel that I was able to do that. And um, I worked for a great woman, um, Jacqueline Frost, who sat me down and said, um, let's talk about that customer last night and tell me what you learned. And so I was able to articulate what I learned from the experience. And she said, what will you do different the next time? you handle a customer complaint. And it was brilliant because she kind of took away the fact that I was really beating myself up and used it as a learning opportunity. So I think that um, not only do you have to have some natural talent, it is something that can be taught. And it is something that you get better and that you can have practice skills to get better at. And as I would hire new managers, um, that was one of the first things we would do is go through how are we going to handle a customer complaint. And then when they would come and want to articulate a customer complaint because they knew it was a priority of mine, the customer's less happy, um, that was also a great time for me to emulate what Jacqueline taught me, which was what did you learn and what will you do different next time. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have to look for the right attitude, but there is some skill involved in really making sure that you're learning from each experience and um, not only that, sharing what the customer was upset about, because that could help other customers as well in the future. Yeah, that's that, that's good story first and, and great insight there, which kind of brings me to a question that I keep thinking about. And it has to do with weighing the costs of the training and payroll and that quality of person um, versus great, you know, service. So, you know, if I want great service, I'm going to have to maybe possibly invest a little bit more in it. Um, and how do I decide as a small business owner that that's the right choice for me? I think every business definitely has a different budget that they can play around with. But I, I think in today's world, everyone would say things are a little lean. Um, so we're asking people to do a lot of different things. So your, your team has to really be productive. So um, if you can find a program where you start them off on the right foot, understanding the training and exactly how, how we operate and what the expectation is, um, as I just said, it takes a little bit of time then to you know build that and to learn how to be better. So really engaging that team member and keeping them longer term can definitely help your customer service. 
Um, I know in our world, when we would lose a top salesperson, you could definitely see the business decrease. Um, and it took a little bit of, of time. Even, even if we hired someone who was great with the right attitude and had a sales experience, they still had to build up their skill in our environment. And so there's a huge cost in turnover. Um, the lower your turnover, the better your customer service is. The higher the engagement of your team, the better your customer service is. So while it might be easier to just throw more people out there, there may be some, some ways that you can invest some time and energy into training and expectations that could also help you versus just throwing more payroll at it. And that, that actually brings up, you know, kind of a story. I, I recently went and had a, a birthday dinner you know, with my girlfriend, and we were looking forward to going to this new restaurant in this area of town, um, brand new sushi place. It was absolutely beautiful. Everybody's been, you know, talking about it since they were going to open it, and we decided, okay, we were going to go there for dinner. Um, as soon as we got there, it started raining. We were going to sit on the patio, so we came inside. Luckily, we had a reservation, and we had made the reservation early. Even though we got there and we had the reservation, um, which you would think, okay, we get there, we're going to head, go ahead and be, you know, sat. It took another 45 minutes to get things situated, to get our seed. And we honestly had a horrible experience there. The customer service was just horrendous. It took forever to get, I, I want to say like 45 minutes to get a drink and just the food. Everything was just a horrible experience. Um, and you would think being such a really nice establishment that they would have excellent customer service. I mean, the aesthetics and everything that were there, the way they decorated, even everything to the food looked perfection, but the customer service was just horrible. So I guess my question is, you know, what are what are some reasons that quality service can be so elusive for some of these businesses? Well, I think, um, you know, business over owners can get really overwhelmed. There are a lot of tasks and a lot of, you know, balls in the air that they're trying to juggle. And if they have not made the commitment to make sure that customer service and the customer experience is the priority and it's how we drive sales, um, I think you're going to have that, that fall down a bit. Um, so let me ask you a question, Josh. Did you take a moment to give your feedback to either the manager or the hostess when you left the restaurant? I actually didn't. Um... Normally I would. A lot of times you get like the little satisfaction surveys that I'll get emailed uh, to my phone because I used uh, an app to actually book the uh, reservation. Um, but I was honestly so upset when I left because it was supposed to be a good experience. I really didn't even want to talk to anyone. And I, I know my feedback probably would have been met with, you know, we're, we're terribly sorry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I usually have... Uh, a process by which, you know, I'll give, I'll give an establishment, you know, two to three chances. So if I go in once, I mean, it could have been, you know, just a fluke that they just might've been really busy that night and had a bad experience. And I'll, I'll go and I'll try it again. If by the third time I'm still getting a bad, you know, bad customer service, I just usually won't go back. Um, but I did not take the opportunity to give the feedback to uh, the manager on duty or the hostess, which, you know, probably could have given them a little bit of insight as to, hey, you guys need to, you know, step it up a little bit. You have some, you know, customers that aren't getting what they need. Um, but I didn't take that opportunity. Well, it's interesting because I think if you have a team that is really focused on the customer, someone at some point might have noticed your faces, your interaction, um, you're talking to each other about it. And 
So if that the team is really all gelled and focused together, they will say, you look like you're not happy, or is there something I can help you with? And that opens up the dialogue. So again, it's really that whole team understanding that that's how we do business. That's how we drive sales that can really make a big impact. And um, you know, I, I think that it's how you discuss the customer service and how you discuss the expectation and do you share stories with your team of great success stories and do you share the stories where we've fallen a little bit short and open up to your group how could we have handled that differently. Um, taking that time can really, really help the team learn and grow to all row in the same direction where it is taking care of the customer. Um, but if that owner is overwhelmed and working on so many other things that they don't have time to discuss that with their team or make it a priority, you're, you're going to have some experiences like that. And, and you know, the experiences, you know, there's humans everywhere and humans make mistakes and humans get overwhelmed and humans need training. Um, but I will tell you that the, you're going to have experiences for customers that are not always going to be great. But really that pivotal moment is what you do as the business owner, as the team, to win them over. And where I was you know, a very young manager, very unsure of myself at the beginning. Um, at the end of my time, I it was a personal challenge that every customer that I talked to and um, really had probably one or two a day that I spoke to that escalated to talk to me um, to win them over. And those people became the most loyal customers that we had. They were loyal to me. They were loyal to the building. They were sharing their story that we took care of it um, in a positive light. So even if you have a customer experience in your world that is not what you want it to be, you have to really think of it as this is going to be a customer for life if I can make it great, and they're going to tell everyone, um, which can really you know help your business as well. So we've kind of talked about how feedback is so critical to understanding what's going on with your customer service. Um, are there other ways of measuring your customer service? I mean. Do you tie it to your sales, or how do you look at if you're successful with your customer service plan and training? Well, I think that um, definitely it's going to impact sales. So if your sales are not where you want them to be, that's a great place to start looking first. Um, and I think having a way to give, accept feedback and give feedback with your customers is important. So we've all been at a restaurant, and it may not have happened at your sushi restaurant where the store manager or the manager on duty is walking around. You know how they kind of sometimes awkwardly walk up to you and say, how is everything tonight? Um, you know, that is the opportunity for them to really kind of seek out some feedback and to see what's going out on the floor. Um, as a business owner, um, it's a great practice to just call some of your best clients or clients that you haven't spoken to in a while and said, hey, we are working on increasing our level of customer service, and I just wanted some feedback from you. And um, you'll be amazed at what you hear, and you'll be able to correlate a story based on as many people as you talk to. And, and that feedback not only helps you get better, but it really builds customer loyalty. Because again, you're asking you know, what I want, and then you're going to deliver it or exceed it. And again, that builds up loyalty. Um, so I definitely think, too, you can also look to see all your customer services on how well you or your team is at bundling services. Because if I like you and I'm purchasing one service, I most likely should be able to buy another service. So where you have those bundling of service programs and the growth of those areas, that's where you're going to know the customer is 
loving the experience and wanting to spend more time and more money with you. Well, Lisa, you know what? I could talk all day about this with you because I'm one of those customer service-like focused people. It, I really do base a lot of my buying decisions on how I'm treated when I'm inside a, an establishment. So I really want to thank you for all of the tips that you've given. And I've taken a few away that as I'm out there this evening, because I'm going to go shopping, uh, I don't know if you know, but I've been involved in this remodeling project. So while I'm at the hardware store, I'm probably going to pay attention to, you know, who greets me and who asks me if I need assistance if I look baffled, because I agree. It seems like each location I go, I'm either treated really well or it's not a focus. And when it's not a focus, chances are I'm not coming back. So, Josh, I want you to take note of this because the next (laughs) podcast, we need a list of 10 customer service things we can do for our guests so that they do come back because I'd love to have Lisa back again. Yeah, I was afraid of. Uh, I was afraid you're going to ask me to do that. So sorry, Mary Ellen. Uh, we're out of time today, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show, uh, and thanks everyone for listening. And as always, uh, mind your own business. If you live in the Indianapolis area and you'd like to get some more information on Lisa Hudson and her expertise on customer service, she can be reached at three one seven six nine six two two eight six. You're listening to Mind Your Own Business Podcast.